Okay, so welcome to our Black History Month series of podcasts. Um, I'm Natalie Batra. I'm a newly qualified associate in the dispute resolution team, and I am delighted to be joined by Natalie Morris for this episode, where we'll be talking about journalism, the representation of black people in the media, and much more. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you very much for making the time to talk to us. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Um, just I thought to get us going, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself and your background and what you currently do at the Metro? Absolutely. Um, okay, so I'll give you the brief the brief version of my CV. You don't want my whole like LinkedIn <laughs> profile, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, basically I I did a um, a literature degree um, from the University of Sheffield, and then I went on to do. Uh, an MA um, at Salford University in film production, where I learned how to, you know, use cameras and edit and all of those more technical sides of the trade. Um, and then I was in print journalism for a little while, working on uh, magazines around women in sports. And then I got on the trainee scheme and worked um, at ITV News, um, which was uh, really, really um, fantastic in terms of my experience and, and great to see the kind of broadcast side of journalism um, but then I, I kind of I, I was there for about three years working on ITV National and ITV London as a as a producer and an output producer um, and I just wanted to get back into into writing because that's where my, my passion really lies so um, so I took the job at Metro Online as their senior lifestyle reporter and I've been there for about almost exactly two years now um, and it's a pretty wide ranging role because lifestyle is like quite nicely vague in a sense it kind of covers so much kind of really whatever you you want it to be so there's the kind of the you know so-called fluffier side of things so uh, beauty and um you know travel uh those kind of things like interiors and fashion and then on the other side of that there's uh you know mental health um health issues women's um, issues careers and i do a lot of stuff on race and racism and social justice which um is the stuff that i'm, I'm most passionate about and they're the stories i'm most committed to to telling at the moment and i'm so happy i get to do that in in my job so yeah that's kind of a, a very brief whirlwind of, of what i've been doing over my career in the last kind of 10 years really yeah i mean you, it seems like you've dipped your toes into so many different <laughs> yeah and I think that, you know, like when people, people might think about media and journalism as being, you know, mm. more progressive industries. You touched on mm. you know, race and diversity in particular as mm. your What are, I mean, what are your views on that? And, you know, in all the different places you've worked, including the metro mm. and the things you're doing now, do you think that kind of matches your lived experience? Well, the, the fact is, journalism is is an industry that's 94 percent white so it, it, it's definitely not the case that journalism is a diverse industry it's quite the opposite really it's um really um quite difficult for people of color and for people of different 
socioeconomic backgrounds to get into the industry as well. Um, and I think as you know, from, from what you hear of my own experiences and, and my kind of journey into the industry, it, it's not necessarily the most traditional way in. And, and that is, you know, anecdotally from, from my friends in the industry, that is something that I've heard is often the case with people of colour in, in this field is that they have to kind of go a bit of a roundabout way um, to get into it and, it and it can take a long time and it can be quite demoralising um, as well. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely, there is definitely huge, huge room for improvement in terms of the diversity, um, in terms of the accessibility of this industry as well. Um, because there are just, there are so many levels of different hierarchies and elitisms within journalism. It's very much about who you know and, you know, fitting fitting a correct kind of mold. And I do think that is is, in, is changing and improving, but I think there's still a long way to go. And I think that's reflected in the fact that most newsrooms still are overwhelmingly white and are still, you know, really lacking in, in that diversity. Um, in terms of in terms of where I'm at at the moment, I'm incredibly lucky at the Metro at Metro Online um, because I've been given such scope to to tell the stories that I want to tell. I'm I'm in a senior um, role there, which means I've got more autonomy and more freedom over what I'm doing, and I've got incredibly um, trusting and competent editors who encourage me and you know empower me to to tell those stories and never sweep any of that aside or or you know suggest that those stories aren't as important and i think that is something that is that is vital to be honest um in terms of um you know cultivating these kind of diverse newsrooms where people do feel welcome and 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 sadly that's that's not across the board so that is something that i think really we need to work on as an, in, an, in the industry as a whole. And, and you know, speaking about the industry, why, mm. why does represent, like, why should people care? Why does representation matter so much? Well, there's kind of, there's a few reasons why it's important. I think one on, on just on a human, like, moralistic level, it's, yeah. th there's no reason why any industry should be off limits to somebody based on the colour of their skin or how much money their family has or what school they went to or any of those reasons. Um, and I think that's always got to be the, the fundamental when we're looking at reasons why representation and diversity matters because um, it has to be more than a, than a tick box. It has to be more than the optics in terms of just getting those faces in that room because this is about... Um, human rights really which sounds quite dramatic and, and big but ultimately that it, everybody should have the right to to work their way into these industries and excel and do well if they have the talent and the passion for that and and there shouldn't be these barriers in place that, that there currently are so i think that's that's the the fundamental reason why it matters but on top of that particularly in journalism um this is an industry that shapes the way this country sees itself and sees the rest of the world. Um, we know how important the headlines are. We, we are in, living in a world where we are consuming news 24 seven on social media, on TV, on the radio. We are literally never like three, three seconds away from news because we've always got our phones in our hands. And um, you know, we've seen how news can shape 
the results of elections and shape the mood of the country in these huge sweeping ways. And I think it would be, you know, really remiss to not acknowledge that, um, you know, having a non, non-diverse, you know, news like sphere wouldn't have an impact on how people in this country behave and act and how they think about people and that it will have a consequence in terms of their prejudices and their biases, even if that is on an unconscious level, these things seep in on, on so many different levels. And um, we have to be able to, to really unpick that and look at the source of, of where these beliefs are coming from. And I think journalism is, is one part of that. It's not, the, it's not the only place that shapes how the, the country sees itself, but it's an important one. And um, I think there is a definite responsibility for that industry to reflect the country, how the country actually looks, um, and for it to not be skewed, because otherwise we end up with people having skewed beliefs, and that's where people get marginalised and, and pushed aside. No, definitely. And I think I think the thing I really took from what you were saying was, you know, mm. representation and how, you know, better representation then goes on to shape the narrative that, you know, we all listen to, that we have our fingertips and and then therefore yeah. we use as our as our development piece for understanding the world. So I mean mm-hmm. touching on that, can we talk a bit more about black voices and how stories and these voices are currently presented in mainstream media and and kind of you know I know you I know you've got a phrase colorful newsroom and maybe unwrap the importance of, of what that is and what that means to you. Yeah I mean definitely I mean I think that uh, having a colorful newsroom is is really important as I said that that representation is huge, particularly in journalism, um, both for the people who work in the industry and for the people who are who are consuming the news. And what so I'm I I love the fact that I I get to tell black stories and the stories of ethnic minorities regularly um, in the content that I write. I write all kinds. Of, I write profile pieces. I write explainers about microaggressions. About you know what 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 does code switching mean? These kind of sometimes light-hearted, sometimes heavier kind of longer form looks at all aspects of race, racism, and what it means to be a black person or an ethnic minority in the UK today. And I think what is really important is that we are able to tell black stories outside of the sphere of what we're used to seeing, the stereotypically negative impressions of, um, you know, always being tied to to knife crime or gangs or poverty or hardship and I think it's really difficult to to pull away from that and to see that black stories are so much more than that and there's so much more scope in in the stories that that are out there for us to tell and I think that's why it's important because when you look at at lifestyle journalism for example and you see that that white people get to be autonomous they get to have their own stories their own narratives each individual is an individual person with a story that's worthy of telling and I think that's so often lost when it comes to black stories we don't get the same um, the same privilege to be to be viewed as individuals we're seen so often as as a collective and represented in terms of of 
of that struggle in terms of the racism we face or in terms of you know our communities or we we have to represent the whole group when we're when we're in these um in these platforms and i think what what we need to do is break away from that and and realize that there is so much so much value in telling much more holistic narratives um about black lives in the uk and i think it's down to editors and senior journalism um professionals to encourage people to have the space to to write those and not only give space to those stories when it when it ticks those boxes when it's you know black history month or when it's um you know when there's been some story in the press specifically about racism because there are black stories to tell all year round and we, we need to keep pushing for that yeah no no definitely i think that's the only way we really challenge like harmful stereotypes really definitely 100 percent. yeah there is so there is so much to be said about those about those stereotypes and and it's and it's not just in journalism because it's in it's in the you know popular um culture that we that we consume as well in in films in books um and it's you know the narratives that black people get to represent are incredibly limited and they always have been and it's the same story over and over again and and it's inevitable that that's going to shape how how people see black people and feed into those prejudices so um yeah it's 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 important that we allow black stories to be diverse and to be individual and um you know just as vibrant and colorful as as white stories are in the media yeah no definitely um before we wrap up i just wanted to ask you a final question um sure. we, we at travis smith um we talk a lot about allyship and we spend mm. We spend a lot of time within the Bain group and with other people at the firm really exploring what action or actions we can take to better support BAME and black communities. So mm. what one thing or what one action would you ask our listeners to do to help A, really better become an ally and then B, mm. better work towards tackling racial injustice? Oh, just one thing. That's a that's a tough one, you know, because I think it's I do think I do think it's like a multifaceted thing. Like I think that there's no easy kind of there's no quick fix in becoming an an ally. And I think that's one of the really important things um to say. And I think that, you know, when when the Black Lives Matter movement all kind of kicked off, when um, you know, the the news about George Floyd kind of spread around, there was there was so much talk about allyship and and everyone felt like they needed to do something. Um, but it was almost like a lot of those people were trying to find a shortcut to the, yeah. the best the best way they could do that in the kind of quickest and easiest way, whether that was, you know, them posting a black square on Instagram and then never saying anything else again. And that was just like there's so many of these things are performative and serve the person who's done it as opposed to the community that they're, that they're actually trying to help and i don't think necessarily that's a conscious decision i don't think people always mean to to do that they you know if something's trending on social media you think oh i'm helping um but it's it's so much it's so much more complicated than that and i think i think if i had to say one thing that people can do i would say i would say commit to it commit to the fact that this is a long-term thing to do this is a this is a, a lifestyle kind of choice this is a 
a perspective change that's that's going to change the way you think about everything and the way you approach everything in your life this isn't just something you can do in one day one tweet one instagram post one email that you send to your bosses this is something that you that needs to inform the way you treat people in your life at work in in your personal life and the way you and and and, and looking inwards at the kind of unconscious biases and conscious biases that that exist within you and and do the work to 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 first of all acknowledge them and then second of all try to try to undo some of that and i think that's the hardest thing for people to do you can post black squares all day long but if you're not willing to acknowledge the the biases that exist in your own mind um you know whether that's your fault or not that that's where we need to really get to when people are, are truly committing to, to making that change on a long-term basis. Yeah, no, I, I, I could not, I could not agree more. Um, <laughs> thank you so much um, for all your powerful answers. Um, and on that note, I'm afraid we're going to have to end there, but once again, thank you so much for taking part and I hope you all enjoyed listening. <laughs>